Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. I'm Caleb Gaines, and this is the Dirty Spirituality Podcast. The main body of this episode, Death and the Apocalypse, the Gospel According to a Dragonfly, will flesh out these concepts within a more personal and experiential context as I delve into some of the universally relevant insights on death that I took away from being raised by the maker of a mainstream apocalyptic film series. The role this played in a mental health breakdown early in my life and the light I discovered at the other side of a very dark tunnel. But before we get into that, I want to take a moment here to offer a critical reframe on our understanding of death that is pivotal in this episode. The first thing I'd like to suggest here is that when we're talking about death, What we're really talking about is life as process. I'd like to suggest that we think about death not as the end of life, but rather as one critical phase in the cyclical, iterative nature of consciousness and everything experienced within it. It's a product-over-process way of thinking so unconsciously entrenched in our current paradigm, which contextualizes death within a falsely linear context. But life, even quite literally, if you look at our cells, our planet, our mother's belly when we're in the womb, is circular. Life, perhaps more than anything else, is a process And we all get to decide how fiercely we will engage with that process. How deeply into the catastrophic beauty that is life in a body we will descend. That we may ascend as something altogether new. As the old joke goes, there's nothing certain in life but death and taxes. We know that whether or not life ends is not an option we are given. And yet there are still many decisions to be made within the course of a life which seemingly determine whether we are, as we say, more or less alive. And in fact, if you look at the laundry list of historical figures we often revere for how wildly alive they were, saying of them that they were somehow closer to life than most. You'd be hard-pressed not to notice the through-line pattern which so many of these characters have in common, that they all also lived somehow closer to death than most, many of them literally dying young. Bruce Lee, Jimi Hendrix, James Dean, Mozart, Elvis, Harry Houdini, Amelia Earhart, Vincent Van Gogh, Joan of Arc, Martin Luther King Jr., Gandhi, Jesus. What does it mean to be more or less alive? 
Were we to define life by biological mechanics alone, life would be binary, simply on or off, heart beating or not beating. But it's quite possible for one to keep a heart beating for the better part of a hundred years and still lament on their deathbed that they never truly lived. This appraisal of existence is a measure of the quality of life as process. And through this lens, we can make a key distinction here between culmination and completion. Culmination is eminent. It requires no courage and is not something we do, but rather something that happens to us. We were born, we will die. There are bookends on our lives no matter how you slice it. Culmination acknowledges the factual existence of a beginning and an end. But completion is a measure of what we do and who we become in between those bookends. In completion, there is artistry, there is mastery, there is risk, there is upheaval and transformation. Completion, as it relates to life, is an expression of what is referred to in the Vedic tradition as Dharma, the soul's purpose in life. It is the belief of this podcaster, along with many pre-modern and contemporary mystics around the globe and throughout time, that each of us incarnates in these three dimensions with a soul urge to become something new an expression of life and the divine, which is, in some process of maturation or evolution, beyond our current state. I believe this process of expansion through growth, through experience, is the heart of life itself. In short, I believe that consciousness is process. Whatever the next developmental task of our soul's process is, that's our dharma. And when we're courageously engaged at our growth edge within that process, we feel as full of life as one can get, even if it kills us. And make no mistake, it will. To be engaged in the life process is to be learning, to be growing, to be expanding our self-concept, uncoiling yet another tendril of egoic amnesia, chipping away at the task of remembering that we are God. But the work of fulfilling our dharma of transcending our suffocating delusions of a small and separate self, of making art, expressing beauty, speaking truth, innovating, inventing, solving problems, or exploring uncharted horizons. All these things require immense risk and almost certain death. 
Because to become the bright new being who is the culmination, or rather the completion, of the current process of life dynamically unfurling within our consciousness, we must die as the contracted, scared, silent, rigid, or otherwise incapable and unrealized version of ourselves that we currently are. The names spoken a moment ago reference a whole host of individuals for which the measure of biomechanics would tell us lived lesser lives for the short time their hearts were beating. And yet we speak of them still today, for some of them hundreds of years beyond their death, for others of them thousands. We don't talk about how long their hearts were beating. We speak of the awe-inspiring process of their lives. We speak of them for their courage, for their creativity, for their expression of the divine spark planted within them. We speak of them for how profoundly they changed both themselves and the world as we know it. Distilling existence to its essence, the difference between culmination and completion is really the only existential choice we have to make. Which is to say, we don't get to decide when or if life ends. Only the quality of the process we embody within the time we're given. And yet for the most part, most of us spend a decent amount of energy in the work of moving through our lives ever closer to our deaths without feeling the weight of that existential proposition. The invitation of the universe to be an actor on the stage of finitude. The ending of the play, not necessarily what happens, but the simple fact that it has an end, is actually an inextricable part of the story, providing critical context for everything that unfolds between the raising and the lowering of the curtain. Without this context, we get strangely lost, pretending to be infinite beings in a finite world. And while I do have every reason to believe that we are infinite beings, that our consciousness continues beyond these bodies, just as the lives of the actors on a stage continue when the lights are out and the makeup is off, It's an undeniable fact that the show, this show at least, must end for all of us. It is because this context is so critical for guiding how we show up within the container of life that Buddhists make work of contemplating their own deaths. And while for most of us, Contemplating death is something we consider morose at best, pathological at worst. And for a long time on this planet, whether we contemplate our own death prior to the season of its eminence has been a choice we have to make. Because when the collective organism of terrestrial life is humming along with relative ease, 
or at least apparent relative ease, one must choose to contemplate their own death. In these times, and without the conscious intention upon spiritual inquiry, such as is applied by the Buddhists, we are left to the blissful ignorance of pretending, from the spring of our lives all the way to the whimpering edges of winter, that we will live forever. But what happens when the collective organism of terrestrial consciousness is not humming along with relative ease, but is itself slipping furtively into the first frosts of winter? When the contemplation of death ceases to be an elective activity for the spiritually inclined and crosses over into an unavoidable and intrinsic expression of our collective awareness, I would venture to say we are in apocalyptic time. Stay with me as we bring all this together and bring it all home in the main body of the episode, Death and the Apocalypse. The Gospel According to a Dragonfly. <laughs> 